You're listening to Not the Sermon with Eric and Jamie. Welcome to Not the Sermon. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we are retitling our our introductory segment as "Shooting the Scuba Launch." <laughs> shooting the Scuba Launch. So this is the Shooting the Scuba Launch segment. <laughs> now, now, does anyone know what that means? Probably not. But if you are familiar with was it Koine Greek? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you would know that in Philippians three eight, usually in the King James Version, probably in the New King James Version, uh, Paul says, "Yay, doubt, yay." Doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Dung. Dung. And so uh, the the Greek word there is the word skubalon, which means dung, and you've probably heard the old familiar phrase, shooting the stuff, stuff, or poop, or... You, you get it at this yeah, point. So yeah. shooting the blank. So we're shooting the scuba lawn. Yeah, just it's to biblical. Start the, yeah, it's to the start, biblical way of doing this. Yeah. yeah so we're sure. just starting the podcast off, you know, a little weird, um, but we're we're here for it. We're huh? here. So what's going on, Jamie? <sighs> Not much. What's going on with you, Eric? <laughs> Dude, are you all right? You just flipping the burger just over to back. me? Okay. Just it well, back to you. <laughs> it's, it's another day. You know, next week... We're going on vacation, me and Sierra. Um, we're going to the land of uh, Feed Me Your Soul, mm, Disney World. Feed Me Your Money. Feed Me Your Money, and which is a, a true statement, dude. It used to be like, I, I'm not a Disney fan. My, and Sierra kind of is. Like I've kept her. Without me, she'd be a Disney adult. Um, which that would be problematic. Yeah. Um, so I keep her level headed, but yeah, we're we're going to Disney. We're taking the daughter for the first time. I got a three year old. Oh, um, oh, that's what that's what I'd like to talk about actually. Yes. You shared a picture. Oh yes. Of your daughter on social media holding a snake. Holding a snake. So So how old is Aubrey? So you're not supposed to say her name. I'm not? I mean, yeah, a bunch of weirdos are going to be... I'm just kidding. It's already on your social set, media. We need to set some boundaries for the podcast. <laughs> we don't say our wives or children's names. I've already said both of our wives' names. Um, anyway, so yeah, if you go to my Instagram at Eric D. Robertson, you will see a picture of my three-year-old holding a snake, mm. a nope rope, a danger noodle. Uh, whatever else they're called. But anyway, so I was I was coming home Sunday and I saw this little Slytherin snake in my driveway. It was like making its way to the grass. And mind you, I I don't love snakes. Like, and we've had experiences with oh, snakes yeah. before that involved me getting bit wearing oven mitts. <laughs> yes, that was great. <laughs> um, but I was like, this is an opportunity for Aubrey because I when I find like bugs, I grabbed a locust one time, one of those yeah, 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 yeah. And I acted like I wasn't afraid, even though I was petrified of it. <laughs> and I put that thing in my child's hand and she named it Steve. Oh, she liked it. So I was like, this snake is is gonna be amazing. So I picked this joker up. It reeked, by the way. It's a grass snake. I learned oh, that yeah, it's only, only def- a garter snake. It's a garter snake. Its only defense is reeking. So <laughs> I had s- snake reek all over my hand. And That's I go inside. Well. My wife is flipping out. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so Eric, what are you doing? And I was like, I w- I've got to show this to Aubrey. And so I go up to Aubrey and I'm thinking, I don't know what she's going to do. I'm thinking she's going to freak out too because she heard Sierra freaking out. And uh, she goes, Daddy, it's beautiful. <laughs> and I was like, you want to hold it? And she's like, yeah. And so we went outside and she held the snake, dude. And wow. she, like, she named it Kristoff. 
Kristoff, really? Yeah, she only has three names. It's Anna, Elsa, or Kristoff, uh, obviously from, from Frozen. Yeah, Frozen. TM, um, trademark. So yeah, dude, she's holding a snake. And dude, tons of traction on um, on social media, by the way. Yes. Thanks, Obs. I should put up like another post. Like, yeah, like, did you see my comment? I did. Yeah, that was funny. You tried to hijack my post with some comedy. I appreciate that. Well, I just said you're going to start rumors about our church now. I mean, you got this beautiful three-year-old holding the snake, and it's just she's, a shocking she's image. She's doing the Lord's work. And the Pentecostals got really dude, excited. Dude, she's going back. She's, I'm sending her to Indiana Bible College. <laughs> she's, 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 she's people are, people are going to think we're snake handlers now, and um, but yeah. all thanks to Eric and his uh, daughter. Yeah, what do you do with that, though? Because it's like they will pick up snakes with their hands. So, right? Okay, in Greek, and you can, it's pretty easy to look this up. It pick up can just as easily mean push away. Like it's it directionally pick up is not pick up and bring towards you. Yeah, it's pick up and put away from that you. That sounds like one of the things that like pastors make up to preach a sermon because mm-hmm. they ju- it just works. No, it's it's one hundred percent true, and it's it's connected to they can drink anything deadly and it won't harm them. Yeah, they will pick up snakes. And it won't harm. So the idea is divine protection. That's yeah. that's the promise is divine protection. But people just harp on the pickup snakes, and then all of a sudden they're just you know showing their faith. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, it, she, she showed her faith. Of course, nothing was going to happen. And then we had to explain to her like only daddy can pick up snakes, right? Like right, I don't want to pick because right. I was like looking at, and I knew there's there's not there was a very low likelihood that it was you know a, there's a poisonous snake in my area, but. <laughs> Yeah, the whole uh, venomous, <laughs> venomous, sorry, yeah. um, a revelations poisonous snake. <laughs> All right, do you want to you want to hear my uh, snake story? Yeah, dude. All right, this, okay, so similar situation. So my oldest son uh, has a friend that's really into snakes. He just found an oak snake and decided oh, yeah. decided this guy <laughs> this guy's gonna be my uh, my pet. So I remember this. He's he's over at our house showing, and of course Tiff is freaking out. Yeah. My wife, it's the same because it's in the house. She's like, get that out of the house. So so my my son's friend takes him back out. So my son drives his friend home in his car and for a second they're trying, they're screwing around, right? Yeah. They're just doing what they do. And for a second he puts the snake on the floorboard just for, just to look at something or check yeah. something. And then like three <laughs> seconds later, the snake's gone. <laughs> he is gone. And so, so they can't find him. They look everywhere. And Ethan's like, well, I guess I got a snake in my car. Proceeds like he has to go back to college yeah. because he was at home. <laughs> Cannot find the thing. Just assume the thing dies. Literally three months later, oh, <laughs> he's man. he's opening the back of his. Uh, it's a it's an old uh, Toyota Highlander. Opens the back and there's the snake. It lived yeah. through the winter. It's surviving and, off crumbs. And so Ethan tries to get him, and he again evades him. So Ethan has a snake in his car again. Doesn't know how long. Finally, we get to spring break. So we've gone from Christmas break to spring break with yeah. a snake in his car. <laughs> and he goes to the beach with some friends. They're unloading stuff. There's the snake again. Oh, wow. Same guy. He finally gets him and releases him there. Um, and so he was. he's rehomed. He's repurposed now. He, he, he moved to the beach. Holy I mean, God. that's not a bad life. Yeah, uh, but I wonder yeah. what he was surviving. Like, I, I, they probably don't have to eat or drink often. But I mean, three months—that's a long. That's a long time. time. And, and metabolism it was, slows down in the winter. 
Yeah. And it was funny too, because like Ethan would you know give people, I think he had a girlfriend at the time. And and she was like, You mean to he didn't tell her. He said, You mean to tell me I've been riding in your car and there's a snake in the car the whole yeah. time. Oh, that's great. It's terrifying. Dude, that reminds me of when me and Sierra moved from our first house. Um, we had been hearing noises like the last couple of oh, weeks. No. Uh, mainly just our dog. We had a dog that would bark at night and you'd hear like some ruffling, and we're like, Oh, it's probably mice because the house we lived in wasn't the greatest house. <laughs> And it probably was mice, too. That's probably why the snake was also in the house. And uh, so when we go to move our couch, I pull the cushions off of the couch. Nightmare fuel. There is a six foot long oak snake mm. just perched right there in between the cushions of the couch. Where you've been sitting. Where I've been sitting, where I've fallen asleep multiple times. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, you know, we moved it. We I rehomed it. Uh, by catapulting it into the woods, oh my it lived. It was big catapulting. enough. Catapulting, yeah. Don't let don't let Phoenix know that it died. He'll he'll be upset. Nah, I did die. It was good. It was living off my my crumbs, crumbs. and stuff for living a off your weeks. beef jerky. Living off my mice. Those were my mice <laughs> who were living off my crumbs. Oh man, that's that's terrifying. Like yeah. the idea of a snake, like right there underneath where you are at all times. Yeah, that's just that's terrifying to me. Oh, dude, we'd be so. There's probably all sorts of things that that are living in our homes that we have no idea is there. Dude, I think about that all the time. I think about like I'll be like walking through like a field or something. All those fields that I walk through, and I'll think like, how many snakes are here? Yeah, like or or how many spiders? Or have you ever noticed like? All the ant hills, like that, that are by the road. You know, like how many millions and billions of ants? Well, there, isn't there some stat? There's like a hundred times as or more, a thousand times as many, thousands upon thousands times more insects than humans. Well, even ants. It's like not even. This humans. is their world, yeah. man. Yeah, dude. Each yeah. ant colony is probably what ten, twenty thousand ants. I know. We don't. We don't believe in aliens. And there's millions of them, probably within a couple square miles. You yep. know. Yeah. We don't believe in aliens, or most people don't. Um, if you're woke, you do. Speak for they yourself. Yeah, you. speak, yeah, speak, speak for, for yourself. yourself. But y- have you ever seen a bug? Yeah. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> They're aliens, yeah. man. Yeah. Well, this is uh, not a great segue. <laughs> but let's do it anyway. Into our next segment. Listeners, this is a new segment that we're starting. We're, we're actually going to be doing a bunch of new segments today. Um, so uh, I hope you're thrilled for that. Be still my heart. Yeah, be still my heart. Like a centipede. Yeah. Actually, that would, actually that, would, that would kill us if our hearts were still. Yeah. Yeah. That's which it's it, that would be a good thing for our last segment that uh, we're we'll getting to. But anyways, uh, we're gonna do a new segment called Pester the Pastor. Oh, um, and it's, it's where I ask Jamie <laughs> weird, strange, difficult, or troubling questions <laughs> um, on the spot. And so it's Jamie, basically Tuesday. It's basically Tuesday. Okay, yes. gotcha. Okay. So Jamie, <laughs> my question for you: the listeners are wondering. We have mm. we've had so much listener feedback. Not really. Um, what is your funniest ministry fail? Oh gosh. So we're talking something that, (laughs) that had the old heart go in and you're like, Oh my gosh, Uh, will I recover? Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, there are a few near misses on the worst that happened when I was a youth pastor. Yeah. We won't talk about those. Uh, (laughs) Poop Lake. Uh, yeah. Poop swimming. Yeah. Yeah. We won't talk about those. Um, actually they may need context now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think I'll reference that. Yeah. We we, we talked about that before, but there are, there are far more than that. Uh, but I would say my most humiliating, funny, embarrassing fail was actually a gaffe I made 
Oh, I can't believe I'm going to share this. Um, <laughs> during a <laughs> sermon, and it was one of our elephants in the room, tough topic sermons, and this, the topic was pornography. So it was yeah. already, everyone was a little, <laughs> everyone was a little tense. I was saying all the words you're not used to hearing in church, and and and, and it, it was going pretty well. And um, I was trying to explain to them uh, how, like, like... <laughs> how addiction happens like and and how like when you do the same thing over and over and over then it creates you new know, neural pathways and yeah. so in order to explain that I was talking about you know carving out a path in a forest so I said imagine a dense thick forest but I put dense and thick together into one word and I will just let the listener imagine <laughs> the body part <laughs> that was named so I said imagine oh a gosh. blank forest <laughs> and it's, and they're like Jamie we're already talking about I pornography and it was it was just oh, the no. ultimate Freudian slip and so and it was one of those things where cuz I've seen these on the internet before and there's nothing to do except stop and laugh. Like we yeah. stopped and laughed for, I would say, a good minute at least, yeah. 60 seconds full. No. And I, I, my first reaction, I said, wow. That's what I said. Yeah. I said, wow. And I looked at Tiff and I said, there's just nothing to do now, is there? <laughs> uh, I mean, so we just sat there and laughed for a little bit and, and tried to regain. And But like it's one of the, when pastors, when they mess up yeah. and they just go over it like it's, like it's no big deal. Um, and yeah. like it didn't happen like that never worked. You have to acknowledge. Yeah. Dude, those are the greatest sermon fails, man. I, uh, we, so I wasn't at the church when you did that, but we created a sort of a montage video. Do you yes, remember that? I, that was was it like your birthday? Yeah, like it was my birthday. 40th birthday. 40th, yeah. Um, that had that little reference in there and it was incredible. <laughs> we all bleeped it in the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We bleeped yeah, it in the video. Yeah. I um I may or may not have named my fantasy football team after that gaff. Ah! <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, that, that reminds me of the you've seen the video of the guy that's trying to say uh pitch the Israelites a, pinch a no, pitch, no, I almost no, said it. Yeah. Pitch, pitch a tent. Pitch, tent. Right. Yeah. 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 Trying to say pitch a tent. That was, that was one of the original. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I've some I've had some people here say, I'm gonna submit that. Yeah. Your fail to what and I'm like, please don't. Yeah. I'm like, I just don't want to be known as the guy that said that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I mean, and it, you know what's funny though? Then this is cool. So word got out locally that that happened because people talk and it was funny. I mean, yeah. I don't I you know. And and so uh, one guy came to me and was like, "Dude, I uh, I heard about your mess up Sunday." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, so embarrassing." He was like, "Yeah, dude, it was hilarious." I went back and watched the sermon, yeah, just to hear that. And then the Lord convicted me, and uh, Aww, I got right. I was boom. like, "Okay, all right." Yeah, the know. Lord speaks to him more clearly because I went back and watched it multiple times. Sometimes when I'm feeling blue, <laughs> didn't work. When I'm feeling down, I'll go back and watch it and be like, "At least I didn't say that." Oh my gosh, yeah, that was the worst by far. I've said uh, one time I was referring to Philippians four six, yeah, and I said Philippians. Philippians for sex. Oh, yeah. And, and in the moment, I said, "Well, I'm sure they were for sex, but this is for <laughs> six. And we laughed. And but but the 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 forest that was the big one, man. Jeez, uh, there's just no recovering from that. Dude, I went back when I was I was reviewing one of our podcasts, and one of the times that I said shady theology, I said shady a little too fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it sounded I, like I, I that too. like I said something different. And I was like, well, I mean, my heart is pure. I went and trying to that's when, along. The scuba <laughs> scuba yeah. That's when you need to. Um, uh, you need to make sure you, you really lean into the Southern draw. Yeah. Shady. Shady theology. <laughs> Shady. An extra Y in there. Oh, that's great, man. Now, I, you know, I haven't had 
Is there any more? Any? Uh, let's just. I think let's that say, one's let's, big let's, enough. We'll say yeah, that. One. That's the worst one. I, I thankfully have not had too many like that. I'm sure I can think about some. A lot of it like happens in the context of like like youth and mentor stuff, yeah. like stuff like that. But that's like sort of a different environment. The only thing that I can think of that which really wasn't my fault was the time where the kid on su- the last night of summer camp thrust his entire arm through a glass door, which resulted in a seven and a half hour trip to an emergency room in an unfamiliar town and 17 stitches. Dude, there's always one in there. There's always one kid every year in the youth group who gets hurt. I I had over the years of being a youth pastor, there was one guy, he got a concussion uh, in a lake when we were tubing, he he had a fracture in his leg. We were playing that game Bible Smuggler. Yeah, uh, we were you try to get Bibles into like your the idea is like you're you're behind enemy lines and yeah. like a closed you know country country to uh, to Christianity. So you're trying to smuggle Bibles in, right? Yeah. And so and he he fractured his leg. I wonder if he gets like points in heaven, yeah, even though it was a drill for the willingness to break his own leg for the Man. gospel. And then the, then before that, there was a kid. We were at Universal Studios in Orlando, and he decided he was going to be cool and run up the down escalator yeah tripped and just took a gash out of his knee and i was so mad because i love 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 theme parks yeah love it and i was like ready to go and i was so angry at him and i turned to one of my leaders and i was like you're taking care of this not me i am not (laughs) missing this and she did she was awesome i had to since it was such a serious situation where the kid's arm skin was like in the glass I had I had to be a part of it, but Christian, the our assistant director, she looked at my face and she's like, "Are you good?" And I'm like, "Uh huh." I mean, my face is as white as a white t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're she's about like, to pass out. You're not good. And she's like, "Do you want me to call his his mom?" I was like, "Please, please." Are you now? Are you uh, like squeamish? Oh, one hundred percent. Okay, one hundred percent. Yeah, like I can't. I, even myself, I I smashed my finger before, and without even looking at it, have wanted to pass out, and yeah. there wasn't even any blood. I just yeah. was ex- anticipating it. But yeah, no, I had a kid this past summer camp where we do. Past couple of years, we've done a rented out a trampoline park, which is epic. Because I'm like, I, we have our biggest rule at youth is called be cool, bruh. It's our all encompassing. <laughs> cool, just be cool, bro. Like, don't do anything weird. Like, just calm down. <laughs> um, and so I was like, we're at this trampoline park, and I'm like, guys, break rule five all you want to. Don't be cool <laughs> don't here. Be cool. The only rule we have is don't die. Well, I have this one child who also gets hurt a lot. <laughs> and we, <laughs> we're three hours at the trampoline park. I've never had an injury. I'm calling them to come back in to load back up on the bus. This kid is walking. On the trampolines back. Not even bouncing. Not even bouncing. Walk steps wrong, like severely sprains her ankle. Her Ugh. ankle swells up like a balloon. And I'm like, seriously, on the <laughs> way out. And then so you have to call a parent. Then I have to call a parent. And then every you, there's like two types of people. There's the, oh, she'll be fine. And right, then there's right. the, we need to get to the emergency room. Right. Well, I had a t- I had t- two parents with us. Both, one's a nurse, the other one's a doctor. Yeah, wow. And I was like, Thank the Lord yeah. that they were here, and they were like, they get, they were like, look, it's borderline, but we could, we could probably get through this. So I was like, I, you're a doctor, I trust you. Like, how great is that? Because that's, that's always nice. the thing. Like on these on trips like that, when someone's hurt, you're like, you're not, I'm not a doctor. Hey, next time, also take a lawyer, just yeah, so you know. Yeah, seriously, I can't. I'm I need, a pastor, not a I doctor. Need Jim. To, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So that's that's it's always fun. 
That's the, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, Jamie, your your ministry career is still young. You have opportunities for many more faux pas <laughs> in the future. You know, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. And this is this is when you are in front of a bunch of people speaking, you're going to inadvertently say the wrong thing. You know, do a gaffe like that, and maybe even like not even not even communicate an idea well. Yeah. And then like because of the internet, like if it's out there, like you're just you're just going to get in trouble. You're people are going to you're done for. And that's why I don't listen to, you know, uh, the people that are like completely um, you know, just trashing ministers. Like mm-hmm. I I've seen clips of like different very high profile ministers or or, yeah. or their wives and they say things that don't really make complete sense. And I'm like, I have so much compassion for them because it's like, look, they're trying. It's yeah. hard. Dude, and and you you don't always say things right, and then for someone who you know just sitting in front of his computer, I'm gonna I'm gonna splice this you know this short <laughs> t- these these things together yeah. and throw it on the internet and look at the yeah. heretical, and I'm like, golly, yeah. you know, it's just it's so hard. You're gonna everyone's gonna say things wrong, and and so I I don't I wouldn't say I live in fear of it, but I'm very aware that at any point in time I can accidentally completely ruin oh yeah ruin uh being pa- being a pastor, and they're like wow this is the guy that said that so, yeah dude there's this guy on TikTok that splices there's a ton of them that do this but they splice like presidential speeches yeah and more recently songs. Yeah. And so you've you've heard of the Oliver Anthony guy. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, he's yeah. like from West Virginia. He's like the blue collar singer, songwriter, you know, working all day. You know? Yeah. Um, and uh, there's this line in the song where he like references fudge rounds. And he's like, yes. pack of fudge rounds. And someone made a song that's nothing but him saying, I got a pack of fudge rounds and a pack of fudge rounds. I'm going to eat me some fudge rounds. I haven't seen that. <laughs> I love it. Dude. There's there's an account on Instagram called There I Ruined It. <laughs> yeah, I that. And, and they have, they'll have like, um, gosh, who was it? Uh, Johnny Cash singing like, like a pop song he would never see. I've seen one where it was somewhere over the rainbow from Wizard of Oz, but it was Arnold Schwarzenegger. No. <laughs> it's it's yes. so realistic. Under the rainbow. That's yes, exactly what it's like. It's crazy. <laughs> AI, AI is going to be the end of us. Uh-huh. Uh, like nothing's real anymore. Yeah. What's up, Sermonauts? This is Eric. And if you're enjoying this podcast, we'd like to ask you to do two things that are extremely helpful for us. Uh, First, please give us a good rating or a positive review on whatever podcasting platform that you use. That could be uh, Apple, Spotify, Podbean, etc. The second thing that you can do is share this podcast on social media. media. That's also extremely helpful. Um, So Facebook, Instagram, X, TikTok, uh, whatever it is that you use, let your friends and family know about us. So we want to thank you guys for listening and we greatly, greatly appreciate it. Well, we're on to Jamie's flipping me off right now. I'm just kidding. He's not. <laughs> I could say that Jamie's doing anything right now and you guys can't see it. <laughs> so, Jamie, put your shirt back on. I just to say that. Eric um, is giving Jamie a wet willy right now. I will. Dude, that's like the most disrespectful thing. Like, uh, it's back to real quick, back to youth trips. Like, that's the one thing that always crosses the line. The wet willy? The wet willy. All right, does everyone know what a wet willy is? I, I'm, I would hope so, but 
for those of you that don't, <laughs> I want to hear you describe it. So it's basically when you lick your finger yes. and then dig it into someone's ear. Yes. It's really a kamikaze move yeah. because you're getting someone's ear junk on your finger too. Mm. What I did though on the trip was I stuck my finger in a water bottle, got it really wet and then stuck it in a kid's ear. And they were like, <laughs> all right we need to transition um anyways uh, guys i told you guys we're doing some new segments this episode and so this is a segment called eric's education eric's education spelled with a k spelled with a k um, eric's because it's, it's it's not a real education um but for those of you that don't know i i am in school and will be in school for all of eternity <laughs> forever um, I am finishing my bachelor's in ministry leadership um, with an emphasis in church administration. Why? Because that was the degree that required the less, the less amount of credits to get a bachelor's degree. <laughs> you, oh, so you think you're going to administrate this church, huh? No, not, a, not at all. <laughs> not at Jamie's all. job. I'm soaking. I'm getting this degree. And then, no, my real. It's not my job. My, my real passion, though, seriously, is for practical theology. Yeah. Um, and so ultimately I want to pursue a secondary or like, you know, secondary degree in like practical theology, which is basically like making theology make sense for everyday believers. Making right? theology great again. Yeah. Making theology great again. Seriously. Cause like, <laughs> well, there's a problem, like all of the, anybody that has a grid for theology stays in academia. They yeah. stay in the, they do research. They, some of them are pastors. Um, but very little, most of them like find a nice sweet government grant or something. And then they just milk that thing for all eternity. Um, but practical theology is more or less, um, you know, taking, you know, academic and theological concepts and making them accessible and relatable to everyday believers, because every, every action we produce, especially when it comes to our aspects of faith is direct. It comes from a belief that we have. Yeah. Yeah. Right? What you do comes from what you believe. What you believe. But and there's a huge disconnect. We don't think about it that way, right? right? And and so practical theology seems uh, wants to kind of make that link. Like, yeah. why am I doing this? Well, it's because you believe a certain way, right, and that's right. why you're doing it. And so just. But anyways, all right. Here's the softball question. A softball, Eric. Yeah. What are you Beep. learning right now in your education? So I am taking a class on Christian ethics right now, mm. and that thank th- goodness. Yeah, <laughs> it's about time, dude. I have been convicted I a bet. couple times reading it, like. I bet. Um, so at first I thought it was going to be a snoozer, but I've actually enjoyed this greatly because ethics and people that have actually, you know, studied this more than me are going to be like, this guy's a dummy. Um, but ethics is basically the study of like why we do what we do and how we determine whether or not something is morally good or morally bad. Right. Right, It's very simple. Um, but we make ethical decisions Every single day, right? Yeah. And we're not always like stuck in the like, should I? There's a twenty dollar bill on my boss's table that right. he doesn't know about. Like that never <laughs> happens. But we we do have like we we make ethical decisions and we all do the it time. quickly. Like we don't take the time to think yeah. through. Yeah, yeah. It's like we've already made the decision in our hearts and we just follow through. And a lot of that is just based on our like just our ethical framework, which yeah. Aristotle, as I'm learning, says comes from two things. It comes from our like youth, like what we were taught as we were young, mm-hmm. um, and our uh, our formative community, whatever that formative community is. Aristotle obviously wasn't Christian because he was BC, um, but he has this idea, and, and that's kind of where I'm at in the unit right now is studying Aristotle and the study of virtue ethics, which I think is it's it's crazy how Christian virtue ethics is 
and it but it was sort of pioneered before Christianity, right? Yeah, like yeah. so I think Aristotle was like 322 BC was mm-hmm. when he was born. So 322, 380. Well now was he before Plato or was Plato after him? He was after Plato. Okay. So he learned from so there was there was Plato, I think I'm messing this up, but there's Plato, Socrates, and then Aristotle okay. in a teaching lineage. So okay. they all learn from each other. Um, but virtue ethics in particular is a very Christian form of ethics because most ethics deal with like, you know, like what's the best decision yeah. out of this? And there's a couple different philosophies. Like there's the hedonist philosophy, which most people honestly are hedonists. Yeah, sure. Like hedonism says- What does that mean? Yeah. So hedonism is what results bring what result brings me the most personal pleasure. Right. right? And it's funny because a lot of people think that, think that, uh, it, think about that in like a sexual context or like a, like a greed context. Originally hedonism was about balance. So like pleasure was actually, happiness came from pleasure and pleasure was from, from came from finding the most like balanced result. Right. Right, But we've kind of taken that to another extreme where it's all about personal pleasure, but most people make, they're either egoist or hedonist hedonist, you know, search after personal pleasure. That's the highest goal. Um, egoist is also about personal benefit. Like how is this going to benefit me? Um, and then there's a couple other thoughts, but most of them are all about like, what should I do? Um, virtue ethics, um, is more like more about what kind of person will I become? if I make this decision. Mm. So it's not just about making the right decision. It's about making the decision that is going to create virtue or positive attributes in your life. So, so it's not just like the result of the decision, like outside of you. It's, it's when I make this decision and I do this thing, how will it change me moving forward? Exactly. And is it going to produce a virtue, which is a positive characteristic, or is it going to produce a vice, which is a negative characteristic? And it, and, and those like virtue and vice is all determined by like, like excess, right? Like if I live a life of excess in something, I'm going to develop more vices. So virtue ethics is also about finding a balance. Aristotle called it the golden mean. So, and you can even apply this to like what we would consider positive traits, like take courage, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I have too much courage, I am reckless, which is a vice. Mm. If I have too little courage, I'm a coward, which is a vice. And so to have to have the positive virtue of courage means to be in the middle. Mm. And it's also very situational too. And that it's very independent, right? So like it, what you the right answer changes depending on your situation. Right. right? It may right. not always be courageous of you to intervene in something. You know, it may be more courageous for you to step back and call for help. Yeah. Um, but it's really interesting focusing on like what this like it, it's it's kind of not practical because it doesn't always tell you what to do. Right. But it does... Just how to think, though. Like, how to think. And I think it's very um, closely related to being spirit-led. Well, that, and that as you were talking, I thought about being spirit-led. I also thought about, you know, Jesus said, by your by their fruit, you will know them. Exactly. Right? So, so it's like, it's just the idea that it's not just what you say, it's not just what you think, but it's by your actions that prove, yeah. you know, what you actually think and who you actually are. That's what Jesus, when, when he's saying, hey, they're going to be false prophets, false teachers, yeah. he's like, look, it's not necessarily the... the uh, the content of what they say that makes them false is the character. It's their character that exactly. makes them false. I mean, you can say the right thing and be a terrible person and you're a false prophet. Yes, no, that's exactly right. And for the Christian, replace virtues with spiritual fruit. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, so as a Christian, we are we are trying to make decisions empowered by the Holy Spirit that are going to produce the most Christian fruit in our life. And over time, we develop habits. So like... Um, you know, it's in the beginning, if you're trying to overcome a vice, it's going to be difficult. Yeah. But as over time you develop healthy Christian habits, that habit 
you know, creates virtues. And now all of a sudden you want to do the right thing. Yeah. And so that's what I love about virtue ethics. I feel like it closely relates to our, our walk with Jesus. And like I said, it's not always practical, but you know, it doesn't always tell you what to do, but it gives you enough, you know, sort of molding and how you think to, to make a, a correct decision. And so that's really cool. Yeah. That's but, really cool. But it has been interesting to see like the different methods, like, you know, how, how people make decisions like, like politicians, for instance, are the biggest egoists on, on planet earth. Like oh, every yeah. decision <laughs> is about what is best for them, you know? And then, you know, just regular people, it's, it's like the regular person is just actually hedonist. They're not a good person at all. So. Yeah. No, that's um, really cool. I, I've, I heard years ago, a friend, a pastor friend shared with me, we were talking about like ethics and and how to know if something's right to do. And he shared with me uh, Kant's um, categorical imperative, Immanuel Kant. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. so it's the idea of, and it's just it's pretty simple, boiled down. It's like what would it, what would happen if everyone did, yeah, what you are, are about to do. Yeah. What well, and we we were we were talking about it in the uh the context of abortion. Yeah. He was like, I mean, if everyone got an abortion, then that would end humanity. Yeah. Right? So that would definitely be a mark against abortion sure. uh, in the ethical con- well, well, uh, people like pe- they even pro-lifers think about abortion from a very emotionally charged perspective, which I yeah. get it. It is an emotional thing. I'm not knocking that. But if you thought about it one minute from an ethical perspective, yeah. like even take like we, I learned about Thomas Aquinas and natural law theory. Uh-huh. It is basically natural law theory is the idea that we can find out what is morally right and wrong by just looking at our natural inclinations, which has problems because sometimes people have bad natural inclinations. Um, <laughs> I know Phoenix does. Um, but 100%. like the, the, our nat, the the natural human inclination is to preserve life. Yeah. Right. And so when you take abortion, which goes against our natural inc- human inclination to preserve life, it makes it unnatural. Therefore, it makes yeah. it ethically wrong. That's right? interesting. I wonder how much because philosophy, I was talking with someone about philosophy the other day and they were like, yeah, that's beyond me. I don't want to get into that. I feel like like maybe if we took philosophy and put it took it off the top shelf down to the Dude, the lower shelf yes. where people could actually think through some of these thoughts. It'd be really helpful. It's not the antithesis to Christianity. Yeah. Like it, it can work together. I mean, there are people, there are philosophers that were like very anti-Christian and stuff like that. But like, I mean, truth is truth, right? Whether yeah. it's a person speaking or a donkey speaking. Yeah. I mean, and so, that, you know, I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of stuff we could learn from, from all that. Well, there's so. a, there's a lot of, a lot of that is gaining traction, like you know, with the Jordan Peterson phenomenon. Yeah, sort of taking high gauge psychology and philosophy and making it accessible to mainly men, but right. you know, women have benefited from it. And then, like, there's a lot of dudes into Marcus Aurelius, like the Rome, the emperor. Yeah, who had read a lot of really cool things. I haven't read a bunch of it. But I haven't read it. You're like a man, if you read Marcus Aurelius, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, you know what it dawned on me because I've I've heard some Jordan Peterson. I read the Twelve Rules for Life book, and and uh, Tiff was asking me about it. Like, so who is he? What does he think? And I was like, basically, he's fathering a fatherless generation. Yeah. He's saying things like make your bed before you try to change the world. Yeah. I mean, just kind of basic, you know, and I'm not saying I agree with everything he says. He, he's very, uh, um, well learned when it comes to the old Testament scripture, mm-hmm. but he, he, he teaches it, uh, as myth. He doesn't teach it as truth. Yeah. Right. So like, I'm not condoning everything he says, especially sure. about faith, but like, but it, at the same time, it's, I feel like the reason he came into prominence so quickly 
quickly um, to, for so many men in particular is he's fathering this group of like fatherless young men who need someone to kick them in the pants and yeah. say, hey, man, get up, do what's best, yeah. you know, work, take responsibility. Make your bed. Yeah. Don't lie. Yeah. Don't judge yourself yeah. according to other people. Don't like, lie. That's one of his main methods. <laughs> don't, don't lie. Tell yeah. the truth. Now tell it in a way that, you know, that's not going to hurt someone, yeah. but don't lie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like basic stuff that I think people like me and you who had dads that taught us, yeah. you know, ba- basic morality and, and, and work ethic and stuff like that. He's really serving that purpose. I think oh, for sure. For sure. Well, guys, we are going into our third and final segment. This is, again, this is a new segment. And I don't know how many of you know this, but Jamie in his former life was a a, a regionally, some would say regionally renowned worship artist. Regionally renowned? Yes. Ooh, that's <laughs> definitely an insult. That's not. Um, is it true, though? Well, that guy was regionally renowned. He was regionally renowned. Um, he, was, he was somewhat local. Nah, Jamie, Jamie's a really good worship, was an amazing worship leader before he was a pastor. Was. A songwriter, <laughs> lyricist. Um, and so here we go. We are moving into our third segment. It's called uh, Weird Worship. Weird Worship, yeah. And Weird Worship is where um, we're going to give uh, Jane, mainly Jamie, me, I like, I, I have a problem with Christian music. We'll probably talk about that in another podcast. But um, J- Jamie, uh, we're going to give Jamie the opportunity to talk about worship, worship lyrics, like style, what people do. And so, Jamie... What's on your heart about weird oh, worship? Oh, let's see who I can offend today, Eric. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. So I'm going to share a funny lyric that I, I want you to react to. You haven't okay. heard this yet, okay? And All I right. want you to think, how does this work in the context of a worship song, okay? okay. Sloppy wet kiss. Well, yeah, sloppy wet is is one of those odd ones for sure. Um, although I do prefer it to unforeseen because that's kind of, <laughs> that's not consent. But anyway. It can be both. Um, so that's true. <laughs> So anyway, uh, so this is an artist that I, I really like. So it's Corey Asbury. Um, that, he's, guy, he's, that guy's a doozy. He's a comedian in his own hilarious. right. He's yeah. hilarious. And, um, and he's been around for a really long time, although a lot of people only found him fairly recently with the Reckless Love song that came out. Well, in 2010, I released my first album. Mm-hmm. And it was I, was I worked really hard. It took me a whole year from start to finish because I just did everything myself. I played every instrument. You know, I, I learned how to record uh, on this like awful, you know, 16 track recorder. Yeah, he was even his own cheerleader uh, and yeah, listener and marketer. And yeah. And it was, it was not that good. I'll be honest. It's, you can't find Jamie. it on any streaming platform. Just because you use youth bad. slave labor to record the music. No, I removed it. it. I removed it from, <laughs> from, from all platforms. Cause I was like, this is just not good enough. Um, I actually got in front of an A&R guy at a huge worship, uh, record label. And he was listening to it with me in the room and he goes, okay, not bad. He goes, I can't use this. That's oh, what he told no. me. Yeah, I can't use it. It's just not good enough quality, which I understand it wasn't. So anyway, so I had just released this album and I was like, okay, this is cool. I like this. And then I heard Corey Asbury's album, Let Me See Your Eyes, mm-hmm. uh, which is a fantastic album. So creative. He actually has people rap in yeah. certain songs. And then the worship songs are just beautiful. But there's one song on this album uh, and the, the song is everything you do. And this, this is, this is the opening lyric to the song. Okay. So okay. Eric, tell me what you think about this. What's the name of it? What's the name? I know what's coming. Everything, everything you do. You do. Okay. okay. And here's, here's the lyric. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Let me get my worship posture. It's, it's <laughs> like this, out in front of me. it's like this nice, like calm acoustic, you know, mm, ding, 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 daddy ding. God. 
And then he goes, Come, Daddy God. I was born inside a rainbow. <laughs> That's the opening. I was okay, born inside was a rainbow. Born inside of a rainbow. Yeah. All right. So initial thoughts. Is this for the LGBT I know, right? community? Now, now, or? now see that this was, you know, 13 years ago. So right on the cusp of they've that. already and, hijacked yeah, yeah. the rainbow, Jamie. They're going to hijack our worship leader too. So there's the rainbow, right? The LGBT, uh, Q I A A A A plus, uh, that, that where the rainbow has really kind of been hijacked by that movement. Um, but also let, let's just leave that aside. Okay. What does that mean? I was born inside of a rainbow. It means that <laughs> your mom, had a private plane. while nine months pregnant, <laughs> was eating Lucky Charms. Oh, and while eating Lucky Charms, delicious. she saw the rainbow. And on her way to get the pot of gold, she her water broke. And she gave birth in the middle of a in the middle of a Kmart parking lot at the bottom at of the, a rainbow. At the end of a rainstorm. Yeah. Okay. All right, that could be it. Now, I don't know, could, but I feel the Lord on it though. But but like, can you imagine though? And again, I love Corey Asbury. I love his songs. But can you imagine you're in a worship service at a church and music starts, and the worship leaders come on, guys, let's just worship the Lord. I was born inside a rainbow. Well, you you what? heard my rant about like like worship music that's a little too feminine for my taste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we could spend a, a whole podcast talking about Rick Pino. Yeah, I love. Love Rick Pino. I know I do too, but it's like your kiss. Yeah, like just it's kissy face music. Yeah, kissy face music. And he spins me right round. Yes, he's yes, he's done that. But song. like, if imagine you're like a 45 year old dude, right? You got a wife. You like fishing and stuff, and then you have to like raise it up and wearing camo to church. Yeah, I was born Amen. inside a rainbow. I know. That would be a little disconcerting. I know. Now, the second line, just for some context, and maybe this helps, and I think you're right onto something as far as like like how he was, not like literally how he was born or where he was born. Yeah. But he says, I was born inside a rainbow. I was raised on mercy and grace. Mm-hmm. Mm. I was crowned with sweet love and kindness. I was made to see your face. Okay. So is he talking about Jesus or me? See, I don't know. So I... I have a theory that I just thought of because okay. this has always perplexed me as well. Those are always the best. I, maybe he's talking about Adam in creation. Huh. But I'm not sure. Yeah, but in the Old Testament, the rainbow doesn't exist until after Adam. Ooh. It's after Noah and the right, flood. You're right. Blew it up. And then the chorus doesn't help because the chorus is just, I sing hallelujah because I love you. Yeah, he was fishing. I was a fishing expedition for I, good worship music. I, I don't know, man. I don't know what that. Yeah, that uh, I don't, dude, that. we sing so many songs, and and like you, I hear your voice in my head when my when yes. my eyes roll in the back of my head. Yes. And you're like, people are doing. It's not about like <laughs> people are engaging with God because of the song, Eric. And I'm like, yeah, but they're theolog. You're, we're we're creating theological rainbow children. Like <laughs> you're what you sing out. Like worship is an integral part of your theological formation. Sure. Right, like you're singing out stuff, and you're more likely to believe the things that you sing that's than true. the things that you read. One hundred percent, because reckless. it's it's stuck in your head. And well, that's why people <laughs> nice. had a problem with that song. And I agree that God's you know love is is amazing. But like you're singing out, I was born inside a rainbow, you know. And people that don't read the Bible are more likely to believe that than they are to believe 
you know, a more biblical. Well, it's also making nuance. a statement that may or may not be true of the singer. Yeah. Right. I mean, in a corporate worship, and maybe this is not a corporate worship song, maybe it wasn't meant to be, but like, it's kind of like there, there's a song that, um, that was released. Um, God, what's the guy I love him so much. He's got the long curly hair. Um, David Crowder. No, 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 no. He's, he's like newer. Um, oh, uh, Chris, uh, no, Lake Brandon Lake. Brandon Lake. He that guy is amazing. Yeah. I, I love That's him. That's a beautiful man. <laughs> He's a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful man with a long flowing locks. Dude, this is kind of like Corey Asbury, actually. Yeah, I, they're, they're Corey Asbury, Brandon Lake, and Phil Wickham. I think are the three best well known singers in uh, Christian. I mean, they're all fantastic. Oh, I, fan, I fanboyed hard. We I took the youth group to a Corey Asbury concert in like Valdosta. Yeah, I was there. It was good. Yeah, it was great. Dude, he was hilarious too. Hilarious. And he, was an so, he was so singer. charming. Yes. Like, I even love when he How messed up. How can you up. not be if you're born inside of a Rambo? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but Brandon Lake has a song and they say, I've seen cancer disappear. Yeah. I've yeah. seen mental health restored. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Okay. So like we had done that song here at the church mm-hmm. and someone near and dear to my heart who attends our church mm-hmm. had actually just lost someone to cancer. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it making that declaration, I've seen cancer disappear in that moment was not true. Yeah. And so it, it wasn't a good corporate. And so in the same way, it, you know, going back to I was born inside a rainbow, whatever that means, it disqualifies this song from corporate yeah. worship. Right? And, and I think we when we sing those songs, and I think that's what you're getting at is like a lot of these songs that we have a problem with weren't written for us to all sing together. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of Lauren Daigle stuff, like early Lauren Daigle. Like I had some some people that are like obsessed with them. They're like constantly wanting to do the songs. And I'm like. No, that song yeah. is not. Uh, it doesn't worship God. It's like it's about like a personal encounter that Lauren Daigle had. Yes, like, yeah. Someone will send me a song, and it's like a K Love song. Yeah, it's, it's like a Christian, you know, CCM pop song, and they like it, and they're like, "Yeah, we should do this at church." And I'm like, "It's not a worship song." Yeah, it's just that's not what it's for. It's an encouraging song. Yeah, it's an alternative to you know secular music. If you want something that's positive and about Jesus or about faith, it's not a worship song. So we don't need to do it in our church. Yeah. I, I went through a phase over the summer because we had God moved us in like this crazy way during summer camp this past year. And it, a lot of it was just founded on the fear of the Lord. Yeah. And like, there was moments like some of the most powerful moments where when we were just crying out to God, just holy, holy, holy. And I was like, to me, that was the most worshipful moment I've ever yeah. encountered in my entire life. And it's because the songs that we we're singing, the words that we we're saying, had nothing to do with us. Yes, yes. And and that's when I I my my eyes roll when I hear a song or we <laughs> sing a song that's like, Lord, me 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 me. Right, right. It's about me. Heal me. Bless me. Me 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 me. me, 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 me. We yeah, should you? do a sermon series on that. Oh, it's as if I just started one. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, this isn't about you. Yeah. And I think we we are responsible for our own complaints. How what we sing about is directly related to a lot of the problems that churches face. Like one of the biggest issues that churches face is like selfishness, like selfishness in the congregation, like nobody's serving, no one's volunteering, no one's yeah. doing things for God. They're just consuming. It's because our worship is about consumption. Right, right. God do mm. something for me and they're singing. So the, the most theologically impactful thing that we do, uh, aside from the sermon, I would say they're equal worship and sermon mm-hmm. and their theological impact, they are spent talking about 
like how to get God to do things for me. Like the right. sermon, and I'm not saying here, but in a lot of places I've heard, the sermon is about like, it's, it's hedonism. It's, right. it's how can I get through this storm in a way that benefits me the most? Right. How can God help me in this moment? And the worship is about what God's going to do. Right. Like, right. And so, right. and then they're like, well, we can't get anybody to serve. It's because we've taught them to be selfish. Right. right. Well, I feel like there's a shift that's happening. It's already begun where we're going to see more and more songs being written about who God is and describing yeah. Him worth and glory. Um, I think and- it's the chemtrails, Jamie. I think <laughs> I think the government's dropping chemtrails over the churches. I actually met with our worship leader at the beginning of the year and said, Turn "Hey, frog selfish." And, said, <laughs> and I met with our worship leader and said, "Hey, just so you know, let's start focusing on songs that are about the glory of God and, and how." amazing and wonderful he is not so much what he does for us and you're going to see more and more songs come out like this and so yeah. we've actually at this church made a concerted effort to focus on on that those worship songs we'll still have in some how he loves type songs yeah but but i think our focus now is is more on uh, just adoring him yeah i love it well i think we uh have wrapped it up we have wrapped you have it up anything else you want to add uh, Eric, you're a good pastor, buddy. Thank you. I really needed you're that. You're a good youth pastor. It's the weight of my heart is just to it, tell look, me I'm a good boy. Everything's your fault, but it's okay. You're still a good I'm pastor. still a good pastor. Well, guys, <laughs> remember, everything's my fault. If you need someone to blame today, hey, car breaks down. It's my fault. It's Eric. You get to work. Time card won't clock in. Guess what? It's I, Eric. I did it. Staple ran out of staples. Stapler ran out of yeah. staples. Hey, guess what? I stole them. And McDonald's is out of ice cream. I broke the Definitely machine. Eric's it fault. was Eric. Yeah. Um, so with that in mind, you guys have a great day. Thank you for joining us on Not, Not the, the Sermon. sermon. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Victory Fellowship Church in Thomasville, Georgia. Eric and Jamie can be reached at emailing notthesermon at gmail.com. Gracious and compassionate, wasn't it?